Welcome to Musical Movie Marathon with uh, your hosts, Andrew and David. And we've just finished watching The Greatest Showman, which uh, I'm so glad that we saw mm. because I'm very glad. This is my, only my second time mm. watching okay. it. You, you're too. Okay. Um, okay. Just on the rewatch, how, how was it? Um, the second time watching it through, was it any different from the first time? So much better. I know, right? <laughs> it was amazing. The first time I, I saw it, I was in the, the theatres and just trying to come to grips with what was happening and, and the mixture of genres and, and the fast pace of it all and, and you know what, what are the themes and what it's all about. Um, and this one was just so much clearer. I could go with knowing what it was about. I could go with it a lot better. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that that jump out at me after second watching is is fun. Mm-hmm. Hugh Jackman's obviously having fun. <laughs> um, you know, the cast are having fun with their great moves and cozies and characters. It was really cool. Well done. Um, yeah, I, it's a happy movie. I agree. I really enjoyed this movie musical. Me too. Um, the second time, a lot more. Mm. I think for for two reasons. One, because <laughs> the first time I watched it, I was I was so keen for it. I went to the first screening, which was late at night on like New Year's Eve, <laughs> so it was New Year's Day. So I was not at my most best because it, it's sleep time. Mm. But at the same time, it's also. I was like pumped, so pumped for it mm. that I sat there watching it too intently. Mm. And it's yep. not that type of movie, you know? It's a popcorn movie. Yeah, it it's, a, it's a relaxed movie. It's mm. not a watch intently for this, the greatest art cinema piece you've ever, <laughs> which, you know, is, is actually pretty um, relevant for the themes of this movie mm. as well. I, I do want to focus on what this theme is. Um, personally, I really didn't like the themes of this movie the first time I watched it because mm-hmm. it's everything that is deceitful about worldly philosophy in terms of there were Christians saying this is me is like one of the greatest um, things, but it's about self empowerment and I proclaiming yourself as something I, I still don't think is good. But I, at the same time, there is a really important aspect where we accept the way that God has made us and we uh, are not ashamed of that. That we that we don't believe the lies of the world when they tell us that we're not as worth as God has made us that we're worth less than other any other human mm. right mm. um at the same time as all of those truths i still prefer um things that paul did and, and jesus did of, of course with the um, whole actually foregoing your own rights so that others can be benefited mm. and so so there's this interesting dynamic where actually drawing attention to yourself as someone who is different and speaking mm-hmm. out for the different people out there mm-hmm. is actually benefiting people by teaching them uh, about mm-hmm. that all humans are yep. are equal and and also helping those who are feeling the lies of of the world's mm-hmm. um, uh, worth values the, the the theme that jumped out to me this time round watching it mm-hmm. was what is enough mm-hmm. uh, and so but that that's kind of the entryway into the message I like that. it communicated the theme in words that they were referencing throughout the mm-hmm. 
the songs and throughout the movie. And that comes right after the scene, Never Enough. I'd love to break down that scene where she sing, the opera singer sings that song, Never Enough. And comparing that song with the rest of the songs in the movie, I've seen an analysis of the songs where all of the songs are about being different. All of them. Apart from that one song, mm. and so if you if you have these two sides, not the yin and the yang, but the 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 good and the bad, so to speak, of this movie's message, mm -hmm. there's the good side of being different and um, pro. Yeah, I guess proclaiming that, and and that's something that I'd use. Now I've rabbited on so much, but this <laughs> I want to tie it back to P.T. Barnum's journey mm -hmm. because he's not in the strictest sense a freak, but they do try very hard and i think they achieve this uh, of of making him an outcast mm, yeah. uh, especially in the highbrow society mm. that his wife's parents are from mm. i think the key word here is inclusion the outcasts are wanted to be included they find the highbrow don't include them even when they're successful and so they they find belonging um, with each other it's really good to have that second theme that you're talking about this chasing after people's praise and so on his wife was saying that you know I've, you were always included with me from the start and yeah seeking others um, wasn't necessary so yeah so that's that's really cool I watched Kerala's singing at a sort of a sing-through, if you like, rather than a, a read-through. And she was very shy about it. And uh, Hugh Jackman stood beside her and encouraged her and, and she came out with the song. And it was, it was really cool because it showed that the themes of the movie were, were very, still very real for people. I really liked what you said about watching the movie the first time with higher hopes than the movie was actually um, destined to, de to deliver. Um, I felt that too. It wasn't what I wanted it to be, which is quite ironic yeah. because its whole theme is about inclusion and yeah. acceptance and enjoying the magic and, and unusual nature of, of things. And, <laughs> and here I was not doing what it told me to do. Mm. And that's why I like it so much this time because, because I did go with it and I just let it happen. The first time I watched it, I didn't know what it was about and I think that's partly storytelling which we can get into and, and because there are flaws with this movie which is why a lot of film goers and critics don't like it is because mm -hmm. it, it does, it's not a normal Hollywood movie mm -hmm. um, and it, it doesn't tell a story the same way a, a, a normal movie does. The structure of the movie which is counter counterintuitive to mm. Hollywood, mm. Um, is very, very similar to the structure of a musical, particularly Sister Act, which we watched mm. a local production of on Friday, mm. two days ago. And do you see the similarities there? I think what... In the second half. In the second act of Sister Act, almost nothing happens. Oh, it's right. just a bunch of people singing about how they feel. <laughs> right. Until, like, the climax. Right. And I don't know if that's storytelling problems, but it doesn't matter because it's entertaining. Yes. And the same thing here. Like, the story really, really slows down mm. uh, just before the climax. And this is this is the tightrope moment, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That moment that you're talking about is absolutely necessary for the story, for the, for the arc of the protagonist, um, for the change of heart, change of direction, the um, enlightenment that, in our case, um, he... Uh, gets. I don't mind that it slows down. No, that's, that's fine with me. When I first watched it, I was I just wanted it to succeed, even though I knew obviously it's about P.T. Barnum and who hasn't got the best reputation to begin with. For those that don't know much about him, the other 
theme of conversations surrounding The Greatest Showman mm-hmm. has been the truth aspect, which is something I find really interesting mm. because it's happened with Hamilton too. Mm-hmm. Um, both Hamilton and The Greatest Showman have taken historical figures mm-hmm. and rewritten their story, mm-hmm. rewritten their history, changed aspects in order to present a more thematically coherent mm-hmm. uh, uh, narrative. A lot of people mm-hmm. are saying how bad that is and that's something that i'm grateful about Mm -hmm. because of my uh evangelical love of Mm -hmm. objective truth (laughs) (laughs) i don't think that it should be left to the side and say oh it's a musical just forget about the real Mm -hmm. history no no it's a musical remember that it's not history right and so i was a little cautious I wanted it to do well, but I was sort of apprehensive or perhaps anxious about what it was going to be like. And when I saw it the first time and I saw this modern music set Mm -hmm. in, uh, you know, obviously a period time that didn't fit with me and I had to try and get used to that. And then the big uh, thing that was hard for me to get my head around was this this opera singer. And here she comes on the uh, New York stage and she sings a pop song. I thought, hey, 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 I I was expecting opera. So I I had some disappointment in the first one. Second time round, watching the movie on a big screen TV at home, I realised that is the perfect medium for it. That it is really good TV movie. Mm. Um, And I love the genre now. I love the way that... um, the movie used the music to convey the feelings, the aspirations, um, the disappointments, um, the affirmations about who they are and what they want. It's a really, really good TV movie. And, and the final thing I want to say about um, the P.T. Barnum was um, after watching the movie the first time, I looked him up and found that once he'd become successful and, and the show was on the road and was doing well and, and they had the financial security, he became a philanthropist. And he built schools and hospitals and looked after people and uh, they made him mayor of his town. And, yeah, he, he, <laughs> he became respectable. He, he didn't need to become highbrow, but... But he he kept he gave he gave back to his community and I thought yeah that's the P.T. Barnum that you don't hear about you hear about mm. the fraud mm. and the freak show and um, and some of <laughs> you got to admit some of the stories are quite clever I remember one of them he said he would have these signs going come see the amazing egress and you'd um, so you pay your money and you go down this corridor and the egress is a French word for um, exit. <laughs> 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 and so it meant you actually left the show and you had to pay to get back in again. <laughs> yeah, and, and people thought, oh, what I have. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. And, and they'd do it again, you know, and they'd t- send their friends down there. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously a fraud and fake. But, yeah, interesting. Funny. One of the lines in the movie is that um, uh, people come to my show for the pleasure of being mm. uh, bamboozled or, or fooled. fooled. Or, yeah, yeah, basically. But it is a pleasure, isn't it? And it's one of the great things about um, theatre and show business that is still well and truly alive today, including this movie. I've got cinematography in my head, mm-hmm. but I, okay, let's address that first. Mm-hmm. Um, because in our previous podcast on Aladdin, we talked about all of these non-realistic mm-hmm. film 
uh, techniques that mm. um, the, that director and, and team employed. Mm, yeah. And we thought that it didn't really fit. I have ideas as to why a lot of the unrealistic um, things that they did mm-hmm. in this movie actually worked. Do you have thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, the one that springs to mind is when um, Kerala's singing uh, while everyone else is dancing. And um, they sort of freeze everyone in mid-ear jump. Yeah. And um, and they have her singing as in a different time thing. Um, and I really liked that. I thought it was really effective. I didn't think it was out of place. It was just a once They didn't overdo it. Um, you got the point was no matter what people were doing around, she was singing her song. So, yeah, uh, mm. that was a technique that I, I thought worked. I think that worked as well in that point because you're able to, the audience is able to understand when the song is in her head yeah. and when the song is for the audience yeah, of the, within the movie, the audience within the movie. When your musical is not set as a performance, like a show within a show, as a lot of the songs in The Greatest mm. Showman mm. are, mm. then you do have that issue where you are either in the character's head the whole time mm-hmm. or there's some magical realism aspect mm. where they are just singing. And they leaned heavily into that, I think. Yeah, yeah. it worked. It worked. I've got another example. Yeah. Uh, two more. So, one, uh, these were times when I thought the movie was unrealistically s- singy. Like yep. the sing, the singers and the singing was unrealistically good for what they were doing. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that was one thing. Was a million dreams. They were doing things. They were traveling so fast. Mm. And I often think about this trope: is that someone's singing a song in one ro- area, one place, and then they they travel a long distance, mm. and you see a shot of them singing as they go. Mm. And then the song continues, mm. but they're already in that other place. Yeah. And I always think about that trope. And, and when I'm traveling and singing at the same time, and I never, you know, I, it takes me 10 minutes and the song is only three minutes. You know, so, um, but they, they use that trope and they also... What, um, what did you think about the use of that trope? Do you think it was it worked or, or you didn't like it? Or? It only, for me, it only worked because of the themes of this movie. Now, yeah. the theme of this movie is magic. Yeah, basically, right. So one one of those things, um, and believing in in the magic that you can create, and and so uh, the scene of a million dreams when it transitions into, I just loved all of those romantic moments between yeah, yeah, Hugh Jackman and, and I don't know her name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked those kinds of moments. Um, the, the the first moments you're talking about where. They're obviously singing in a studio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, and the action, um, you know, they're just far too athletic to be able to be singing. Like, like that. Rewrite the Stars when they're on, on <laughs> yeah. pulleys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was another. So there were two moments for me, and that was one of them uh, while they were doing acrobatics. And, and to me, it didn't matter. And, and same with the, there's one where he leaves <laughs> the pub um, where they've. Where they've <laughs> Um, and he's he's running flat tack. There's no way he could be singing at the same time. <laughs> and he catches a train. He goes to another place, and then, and then suddenly he's back on the steps of the burnt thing. Yeah, yeah. It's and all he's still of, singing. Yeah, it's still at the end of the song. Um, it's all of impossible. But I didn't mind in either instance because the songs were about dreams. They were about people's thoughts and feelings. They weren't songs about that. They were telling the story. They weren't narrative. 
Um, and I I liked that. I think that yeah, worked. Yeah. yeah. And I know what you mean by narrative. You don't mean that the songs didn't tell the story because they, they you needed those songs mm. in the movie. Otherwise, you couldn't tell the story. Mm. But um, So in that sense, they were narrative, but they weren't part of the uh, realism, realistic world. So the... And this is something I think that this film did very well is the understanding that the musical theatre world in itself is cheesy, corny, mm. Um, mm. and unrealistic. And, yeah. and it leaned into that. It accepted that. Yeah. Um, you have, it forces you to suspend belief. It forces you to see them starting a song at every single moment. <laughs> and I loved it. It was yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> and there's, there's more things as well, um, especially songs... Um, the more that you hear a song, the more that you like the song. Oh, yeah. That's just, that's, that's psychology. Yeah. Um, and so we've heard this music for years now mm. and, and I've sung it, I've belted it out in you know, long car rides. <laughs> cool. Something that my old music teacher from high school told me was you actually like a musical and enjoy the musical more, the more well you know it. The better you know the musical, the more you enjoy it, yeah. which is not always the same for movies. Okay. Um, oh, true. Yes, yes, absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. It, it does depend. I think music makes everything accessible. And mm. I think knowing the songs beforehand actually improves the musical experience, which is something really interesting about what a musical is. There's an element of expectation mm. that you have going into a movie. Mm. And you replicate that expectation when you're watching a musical mm. when you know the songs beforehand already. Yeah. And I actually quite like that so here's here's my advice anyone who's trying to produce a musical <laughs> release the album ages in advance <laughs> it's quite funny how that that that's happened over and over again in history for example the, the first time i was aware of it was jesus christ superstar mm -hmm. was um they actually the when they put the musical on it was a flop when they released the um, the OCR, the original cast recording, it was a huge hit. It was amazing, <laughs> and and people heard the music and loved the music and thought, "Oh, where's the show?" And then they went to the show. <laughs> so right back, well, gosh, that's fifty years ago now. Um, that was happening, mm -hmm. and it's still happening with you know, it's Greatest Showman. Yeah, and I think part of the reason is because we love to draw stories out of our musical experiences mm, yeah. and songs and albums and so people have joining the dots ourselves yeah joining the dots of the dark side of the moon album for example oh, you wow. know is yeah. uh, what's that story all about the concept of an original movie musical mm. that was exciting you yeah. know when this movie was coming out it felt like it hadn't happened since you know the gene kelly days mm. because usually we get a, a musical on stage Eventually, if it becomes successful, mm. um, if it's lucrative enough, they make a, a movie mm. about it or of it. Yeah. That's not what this was. This mm. was an original musical for the screen. Wow. Which is so unusual. I'm trying to think of another one. It's, it's quite rare, isn't it? So this is a fantastic yeah. example of what a movie musical can be. Yeah. Um, but there's also other things that a movie musical can be. Yeah. And I really want to see those. Because mm. um, this is the most, this is kind of the lowest uh, entry bar into, into that musical. The musical theatre concept is just songs in a story being sung by the characters. Mm. 
frankly, I think what I want to see is is uh, a drama director like Martin Scorsese mm -hmm. or someone mm -hmm. of that caliber and of that genre mm -hmm. to to employ the use of singing and musical thematic development in their in their movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, I like the idea of of a serious drama that will have a, a pause, if you like, for an aria, well, you know, a solo singer to, to sing about their thoughts and feelings at that um, that decision point in the story. Um, I think it would be very tempting to follow the musical theatre genre to say, oh, we need a recitative, or we need a chorus number here. And I think I'd, I'd love for a, a serious director to just ditch that that form and and just go for those those key um, soliloquies, if you like, in, in song. And yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to see how that could look. Maybe La La Land was that. Oh well, I mean, to me, the key song of La La Land is the the you know that song when she's in the audition, she's singing about her auntie or grandmother or someone. Um, just poignant, just beautiful, um, encapsulated a lot of the movie. Um, and yeah, to me, that's. I read. I much preferred that heartfelt, um, beautiful song than the opening number mm. uh, on the highway or other big chorus numbers. Yeah. If you want to go away from this absolutely beautiful cheesy movie that we've just watched mm. and say, how can we bring music um, into a serious story without cheapening either the music or the story? Mm. Um, I think you've got to ditch the the chorus and the, the glitz and the glamour and, and go for these heartfelt, um, poignant songs. Mm. Which might have been something Les Mis was able to, was, could have been able to do, mm, but again, yeah. I'm not sure mm. because it's so, it's, it is such a musical. Mm. It, it, even though it is, it was an unusual musical in its time because it was so miserable, it, it is still very much a musical. So, so adapting that to screen, you, you can't do anything but a musical there. Uh, really, even though, even if you want to be um, a realistic um, portrayal, uh, any thoughts? Last thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my last thoughts on on the movie. Um, in terms of a movie movie musical, which is an interesting you know genre and and you know hard to get right. Um, which, by the way, I think this is one of the first movies made recently that I think has gotten it right. And that was going to be my point that. In terms of a movie that is a musical and that does both well, mm. I, this is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would encourage uh, people to give it another go, mm. to, to watch it again, uh, perhaps with an open mind, um, and just, just to let go, relax, and enjoy the spectacle. Yeah. Get some popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we uh, intentionally um, waited to watch this movie until our popcorn was ready. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a good choice. Mm. I agreed with that. So, yeah, um, I think Greatest Showman um, does, is a well-made movie um, and that deserves a second viewing. So go check it out. Yes. Um, and that's all from me. And that's all from me. Good night. Good night. Uh, your line was that's all from him. That's all from him. That's all from me, and that's all from him. That's all from him. <laughs> well, that's okay. We, we don't have to reference Morpong and Wise every time. <laughs> it wasn't. It was the two Ronnies. Oh, it was the two Ronnies. Forgive me. <laughs> oh, oh, no. I try to make references, and then I get the reference wrong. <laughs> that's all right. Okay. Anyway, good night. Good night.